You're listening to TV Ad from Maniac Mansion, released September 18, 1990. Composed by George Sanger, David Gevitz, David Hayes, David Warhol, Christopher Grigg, and David H. Lawrence. Welcome to another episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show today, not quite a TV star, it's Petra. <laughs> not quite, man. Do I ever have a face for radio? Hey, man, good to be back. Where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. You, you yeah, know you were just yeah, here. I was. I was just here. Um, it's always good to be back. You know, uh, you know, time passes between these recordings and... Sometimes when life is getting kind of crazy or getting you down, it's nice to just sort of block everything out and talk about video game music. Yeah, there you go. That's what we're doing today. Yeah, and we're back to business as usual, which, I mean, as proud as I am of the last month's worth of episodes. Boring business as usual. It's like getting back into, it's like getting back home and sleeping into my own bed, man. It's just, there's something comfortable about this, and it's (laughs) just, it's exactly what I needed this week. Sure. All right. Well, let's talk about the theme, but before we do, real quick, if you'd be so kind, head on over to Apple Podcast or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and a review. Really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show can continues to grow and remember we are on patreon now as well patreon.com forward slash rpg era check out our tiers see what we're doing if you feel inclined toss us a couple bucks each month if not continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload week works wonders as well and of course special shout out to current executive producers jexax and zanku big daddy dan yeah big dan who has been so uh active in the Media discord and um, dan, thanks again for i know i already thanked you on discord but thanks again for all the shout outs and jexax my my texas buddy uh haven't seen as much of me on the discords hit me up man we should you talk i met I'm, him I'm for be... lunch didn't you in the past i did he lives in the Thought same so. town well near the same town where shukapau is going to uh university so and i think i might be coming to uh to see shoot sometime soon so jixak yeah, sure maybe be we can grab lunch again he's always down yep um been a few weeks since we recorded with barry last time and i didn't want to sit there and make him listen to us read comments on the show because we already kept him for damn near four hours as it was anyway and then (laughs) which just was insane i can't i still can't believe he sat through that whole thing and was totally content and honestly sounded happy to be there the entire time well and we didn't which was was a sentiment uh, that he reflected on his own social medias it was yeah he 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 really acted like he enjoyed it and i didn't didn't even think about it but we did we gave him the opportunity to i mean we let him pick the music and then we just let him go we just let him tell stories i front loaded all of his history so he didn't have to rehash that for the 17th time and he really (laughs) seemed to appreciate that so you did you did conduct a lot of it in traditional interview style i noticed it i don't think i noticed it at the time i was blitzed off my ass that night 
Um, but I recognized when I was editing it back, you, you know, posed a lot of questions. I only posed one that entire episode. <laughs> and that was asking what, I noticed, what he thought of AI. Yeah, I noticed what I was listening back to. And I didn't even, like, I don't remember noticing it while I was doing it. I think uh, I was just, I don't know. Um, but you know what? I was pretty proud of myself when I listened back. I didn't know I was that good of an interviewer. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> but but apparently, <laughs> apparently it worked pretty well. But honestly, when you have somebody like Barry to talk to, it's super easy. Barry, if you're listening, thank you again. And also, thank you for listening. Um, not We're not totally not expecting you to, but if you are... No, man. Uh, Barry's going to be a um, listener now weekly, just like Yuzo Koshiro has been a listener since last year. He's still out course, there. He just yeah, doesn't let us course. know he's listening, but I know he yeah, is. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't want us to get, you know, a big head yeah, any more correct. than we already do. Correct. But, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I said we're back to business as usual, but this was actually a little bit well, of a tough on. episode. If we're back to me. business as usual, we still have to read comments. We do. Before you get to we that, do. I guess, yeah, go ahead. We have to Give read some comments. comments. Um, going back to, because the last comment we read was actually from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. So oh, wow. on the randomizer, which was episode 300, Clark said, fantastic episode. I love the way you did this and would like to hear more in this style, which is probably a plan. Cool. Um, I, I, I would say so. Yeah, I would think so. That's the only comment we actually got on episode 300. I was checking a few other places, such as Discord, where comments come through. Um, yep, that's the only one. So, <laughs> moving on to the AI takeover, we had <laughs> one comment on Spotify. It's from by a user with the name of Roman Rantiria, and their comment simply says Ice Nine Kills. And Ice Nine Kills, for those that don't know, luckily I knew what it was at the time when the comments, when it, you know, I saw it. Uh, they are a like a metalcore band um, based out of Boston, I think, and their albums are concept albums. So their most popular ones have been The Silver Scream and The Silver Scream 2 Welcome to Horrorwood, uh, both oh. the one released in 2018, the follow-up in 2021. They had a few things before that as well, but this is really what made them break out. So they do songs inspired by horror films, and their oh, videos cool. are all tied together as one big horror film. But taking inspiration from all the things. So like The Silver Scream, which is a fantastic album. Uh, they have songs inspired by Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Saw, The Crow, Jaws, The Shining, Devil's Rejects, Edward Scissorhands, and An American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Oh, It and hmm, Silent Night, yeah. Deadly Night as well, which is a 1984 slasher. <laughs> um, and the reason I say that... I can play Ice Nine Kills on this show because they released a an unofficial, uh, well, it was an official music video for Mary Axmas, again, based on Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night. But the video was of a kid on Christmas morning getting this video game where Santa is a slasher star, basically, and goes around killing people. They released unofficially that game as a browser-based game. Oh. And it <laughs> features cool. this track as the soundtrack. That's the only one. I think I can get away with that. <laughs> so, yeah. maybe. I could get a copyright strike, but as long as I don't have to take the episode down, I'll deal with a copyright strike. Um, so, maybe in December sometime, potentially radio hour, I'll do some Ice Nine Kills. <laughs> 
That would be sweet. Um, <laughs> very, very uh, hardcore song, though, I will say. Um, still on the AI Takeover episode, Zanku, back to him, actually kind of yep. left us a, a dual comment. He said, great episode, guys. It was a very interesting concept. Not sure which one I liked better, randomizer or AI, though. I thought having Lindsay's voice as Lingua was an excellent touch. Excellent job to her. Which I agree with. Yes. Uh, I will say, I mean, even while you were I were recording, uh, I didn't feel like I loved the AI episode as much as the randomizer. It wasn't as fun for me, but listening back to it, uh, Lindsay's voice did add um, a really nice touch. And the music was, I mean, the music was great. So, um, so. but I mean, I'm, I'm a lot, I'm a lot more akin to thinking that this is all just kind of my, my philosophy of the universe is more randomizer than simulation. So sure. Sure. <laughs> so maybe that's yeah. just me. I'm all about the simulation. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> radio hour volume 62. Melissa said, what a great radio it hour sure that was. was. And she said, beautiful close up track. Chef's kiss to you. Ben yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I love that Vince Nicola track, dude. That the, his his stuff, man. Well, that wasn't your closeout. I, I'm really glad. Uh, yeah, it was Saved by the Bell by Vince Nicola. No, what your closeout was the end of the episode from um, Cyberpunk. Oh, Action that's right. Dang it! I totally got them mixed up. The vocal track. I totally the got them track. mixed up. That's right. Yes, the vocal track with um with uh what's her name um who I love so much and I can't remember her name now. She's a YouTube <laughs> the star. The internet girl. Yeah, uh, she used to date Family Jewels. Uh, then they they amicably broke up. Yes, um, but uh, Adriana Figueroa. Adriana Figueroa. Yes. Um. Yeah, man. She uh she is the best. Adriosaurus. Um. Yeah. You're definitely that fantastic track. Of course, also insane in the rain with his jazzy goodness on there. Glad you liked it, Melissa. Um. I will still go on record saying that I love Vince Nicole and I'm glad that I found that Saturday rediscovered the Saturday morning video game soundtrack because I got to hear more Vince Nicola stuff and I love it so much but yes thank you Melissa <laughs> and Zanku also said great radio hour the Stray Gods tracks gave me major Andrew Lloyd Webber yes absolutely yeah, I Dude, can't wait to actually play me that game. too I've got it on my wish list so hopefully when it goes yeah. on sale, I bought it uh, but it's just been sitting there yeah. which happens that's, that's all the, the other time. thing is I know I know <laughs> I'm not gonna play it like I don't know when I would ever, <laughs> so, but, but you never know. Cause sometimes I just decide to decide to get one and, um, or decide to play one and then that's it. Man, we've had a lot of episodes. We have all, we've had a lot of episodes lately. Uh, <laughs> moving on to Baldur's Gate three. <laughs> Clark said, amazing episode. Love to the last four songs. Baldur's Gate, man. Yeah. I loved all those songs, but yeah, that last block, Again, speaking of like Broadway, um, yeah. listening back to it, I enjoyed the music that much more. Um, I think Jeff is going to binge several of our episodes because since he got back to teaching this semester, he's fallen behind. Oh, man. And I can't wait to hear him. Um, I feel bad for him because he's going to have, because not only is this one we're recording, but not posted yet at time of recording are our Starfield and Sea of Stars episodes. Yep. Yep, Man, I feel bad but uh, nah, he'll be fine. He um, uh, he has a lot of time during during the day, I think. So when he's not teaching, but but yeah, he's <laughs> in for a treat because this has been you, you you have had some fantastic episodes since and before I joined, but I think this has been the most solid string of episodes since the uh, beginning of August. Good stretch, yeah, that we've had. Yeah, good stretch, good stretch. Our last comment is in relation to the Barry Leach episode, and this is a long one. It's not on Spotify. It's in Discord. I'm just going to read Zanku's comment. Yeah. Why not? 
Um, so he said, first off, to me and you, excellent show, guys. Fucking awesome music. It was a very cool treat getting to hear some of the backstories and inspirations behind some of the songs. And Barry Leach, I got a huge kick out of when you mentioned that you live in Bryan, because not only am I too a resident of Ohio, me too, but I drive <laughs> through Bryan, that's gross, wherever <laughs> I have to deliver a load at the, nope, even worse, <laughs> at the Menards Distribution Center north of you in Holiday City. I've even stopped at the Walmart there in town to do some grocery shopping a few times. Also, I would like to say that I think you are a phenomenal composer. Your music and the music from all the racing games in particular make for some excellent driving tunes. And as a longtime listener to this show, I would like to tip my hat to you and say thank you for taking some of the time out of your schedule to appear on the show and allowing us listeners to hear about some of your past. Thank you for all the music you have created for the video game industry, and I look forward to hearing your future works. And uh, then he wrapped it up and kind of said sorry for being weird and posting a long comment. <laughs> but yeah. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate it. And again, thank you, Barry, like Bedroth said earlier. I know you're out there listening. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for all the comments. Um, I'd love to get some new blood in here. If you have not commented before because you don't feel like you have uh, you have something to say that's you know, hasn't already been said, say it anyway. You know, we want to hear from you. We want to talk to you. So, um, but Clark and Melissa and Zanku and all the normies, we love you very much, of course. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, back to today's episode. I know that took a little bit to get through. We are going into something that we talked about over a year ago. So last year on July 24th, our Games Based on Cartoons episode dropped. And I think during that episode is when we had the discussion about this particular topic. I think it was one of your ideas. Yeah, I think it was too. And then I I like kicked myself when I started really thinking about, well, wait, do I actually know what I want to bring? It ended up being kind of challenging. I think, um, yeah, I think that it was challenging because at first I was limiting myself to music that played when video game characters were watching TV within the video game or when a TV game Which is damn near impossible. Yeah, and I mean, it was was inspired by that track that that I brought. There are two scenes in Maniac Mansion when you can turn on the TV and different things will play. There's this and a talk show. And the talk show was a very, very short loop. And this one is a lot more upbeat and fun, talking about the TV ad. Um, and um, yeah, so. Composed by <laughs> composed who? By, who by was a George it again? And a Christopher it was uh, and George. Uh, four Davids. <laughs> <laughs> Four Davids. <laughs> um, it makes it me does. laugh every time. The composition so of the NES Maniac Mansion is a really, really fascinating story. Um, actually, Pixelated Audio just interviewed George Sanger, and they talked about this a little bit. Um, a podcast that I think is now defunct called uh, Retro Game Audio, uh, I think interviewed, I don't think it was George. I think it might have been David Warhol. Um and talked about just the Maniac Mansion soundtrack. And I do encourage people to go check that out uh, because it's a really, really interesting story. Um, Maniac Mansion is, has one of the best soundtracks on the NES. It's it's one of those things that's like, I can't believe that they could get this music out of an NES, you know? <laughs> Um, and right. so it's very crisp. It's very clear, way more clear than a lot of the other soundtracks that you normally hear on the NES. Yep. And it's really complex. It's like it, it is approaching fallen levels of complexity. And so, so yeah, but uh, but um, it became apparent fairly quickly that I could not limit myself to that. 
And so instead, I branched out into just sort of a, a TV in games, just in general sort of motif. And that's what I went with. Right. Which is kind of the approach I took as well. Um, but I also took a slightly different approach for a few of my submissions. Well, so. and I, I kind of like that. I like when we kind of have a different take on things because it makes it, you know, more unique. It gives it more variety. And it also was a lot more... And one of them is based solely on name, <laughs> and I have no idea how it applies <laughs> yeah. to the game. And so. I mean, it's a lot more... Uh, one of mine isn't even technically from a game. It's from an app, but um, but it's an app on a game system. That's true. So there you go. But yeah, it's... Uh, uh, once I opened myself up, it was a lot more fun because I, I had, you know, more of an idea of what I wanted to do. But, um, but yeah... Uh, well, do you want to go ahead and uh, jump into your first block since we've been talking so much? <laughs> sure, let's go ahead and do that. I just was thinking in my head, the next time you and I sit down to record an episode, it'll actually be the first of oh, the October Oh, I'm so episodes. excited. This season is, about that. is so fun. I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. I know, I know. Because uh, between this one and, and that one, we have Radio Hour, of course. So... All right, first block. Let's go ahead and kick things off. This block is composed of... A game that I've not played, but I'm familiar with, um, and I'm assuming I know how the track applies to the game. Another game that I've not played, and I know how the track applies. And then a game I've played many <laughs> times. So I am excited to move into this block. We'll begin by taking a listen to news from Splatoon 3. This released on September 9th, 2022, and it was composed by Ryo Nagamatsu and Sayako Doi. Thank you. 
Up next, let's take a listen to A Whisper from Quantum Break. Released April 5th, 2016, composed by Petri Alonco and John Kafer.
closing out this block, let's take a listen to Backside of the TV from Persona 4, released December 9th, 2008, composed by Shoji Magaro. Coming back in, we are first talking about news from Splatoon 3, again released September 9th, 2022, composed by Ryo Nagamatsu and Sayako Doi. I've not played Splatoon 3. I did play the original Splatoon, and in that one, there were moments, sections, I guess I should say, during the game when the two girls, little squid girls, would come on. I forget their names, or they might be octolings, or they might be a separate species entirely. I don't actually remember. Uh, I don't think they're squids, now that I think about it. But um, those two colorful characters come in and they basically run down like events that are happening splat fests they used to talk about if i remember correctly times when things would open in the like little hub area when you would progress far enough and unlock certain things they would break in with these little like news briefs 
I'm assuming Splatoon 2, because I didn't really play that one either, and Splatoon 3 I didn't ever, I never touched, uh, have something very similar. And I'm, I'm guessing in this game, this is what plays when they're sitting there talking about whatever. Yeah, and I mentioned that it definitely sounds like something I would expect, um, you know, the news to sound like in Splatoon world. I don't have a lot of firsthand experience with this. Shukapau owned the first two of the games, so I kind of got to, like, watch, but never played much of it. Um, seems pretty cool, though. Uh, don't Like you said, I don't know what they're talking about in Splatoon 3, because I don't know anything about it, but... Yeah, yeah. Splatfests and stuff, I'm sure. I mean, they still do that, but uh, nice, funky, groovy track. Yeah, I like really it. really is. I told you. I was just kind of sitting here vibing and uh, just enjoying the yeah. ride. Yeah, nice. I mean, it fits in the Splatoon universe and the sound. Uh, you and I were talking while listening to it, and you said that it's funny, like, with Nintendo's properties... They all have, for the most part, a very distinct sound to them. Like, if you didn't know this was from Splatoon, listening to it, you could probably take a guess yep. that it is. Yeah, this is one of those. Uh, those series definitely has a unique sound. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the times, Mario has done so many different games that Mario can be hard sometimes. Like, Galaxy sounds very different from New Super Mario Brothers, which sounds pretty different from Super Mario World. Sure. But uh, most of the other ones, like Zelda, I can usually tell a Zelda track, Star Fox, Kirby, um, even even, you know, like F-Zero and Splatoon definitely. Animal Crossing oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. And Splatoon definitely has one of those very, very unique um, sound styles. Yeah, absolutely. So good track, fun track. Uh, next up, we listen to A Whisper from Quantum Break, which again released on April 5th, 2016 and was composed by Petri Alonco and John Kafer. This is... A really, before I even talk about the game, dude, this is a gorgeous track. Uh, would honestly have fit perfectly in style and sound in our Masters of Hollywood episode, just the way that it was composed. And I like that I, it was probably Petri that did this. I like that they mixed in a lot of the dubstep elements mm -hmm. as well. Yes. It gives it a very cool sound. It does. Uh, I was telling you, like, it reminded me of a lot of, um, at, at the beginning, it reminded me of the Dear Esther and some of the walking simulator games that I said kind of have just a spooky Minecraft vibe to them a lot of the time. But then yeah. partway through the track uh, from like halfway to two thirds of the way, uh, you know, the beat drops and it gets into, like you said, that really grindy dubstep. And it was it was super cool. Took it in a totally different direction. What, yeah. I know you haven't Very played cool. this, but you said you're familiar with it. What is this game? I've not. I am. So this is a third-person shooter. It is the only Remedy Entertainment game that I've not played. So this is another Sam Lake game. Um, you know, they do the original... Ma I've said this before, but they do the original Max Payne's. They did the first Alan Wake in American Nightmare. They did Control. And obviously they're releasing Alan Wake 2 in October. Um, but in 2016, they developed in partnership with Microsoft. Uh, this was published by Microsoft, actually. Uh, they, they worked on this interesting project called Quantum Break. And Quantum Break was a TV show in the game, but they also made a TV show on the <laughs> game huh. at the same time. So 
as the game was released and put out, this Quantum Break TV show also started. Um, the game itself features a few actors that I believe are in the show. Uh, Aiden Gillen and Lance Reddick are both in hmm. both, I think. Wow. Um, uh, the late, great Lance I never Reddick. watched the show either. Yeah, Lance Reddick, absolutely. I didn't watch the TV show either. So never played the game, didn't watch the TV show. Um, but I'm familiar with the concept because it was very unique how they kind of did both of these projects and put it out at the same time, which is kind of similar to what at Gamescom this past year, there was a game announced that I don't remember the name of that when the guy came out and announced the game, he's like, and we're also doing a TV show. And I was like, oh, well, that's very Quantum Break, right? Like, I can't think of anything else that's done something like that. Maybe there has been. I mean, there's been shows based on games like Halo and stuff that came out around certain games, but not specifically meant to be tied together. Like, I think certain plot points in the TV show progress in the game, but not in the show and then vice versa as well. That is really cool. interesting. That's a really cool, cool idea. Cool take. And um, yeah, I'm glad you were able to fit it into this theme because I don't know when anything like that would ever have come up. But now I I know about something in gaming that I never knew about before. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not necessarily, again, the idea that this is one of the ones that, you know, I branched out a little bit to find a way to make it fit. Um, But I mean... It theoretically fits because technically this game is a show and you're playing the game, which is a show, which is a TV show and a game. <laughs> it technically fits. <laughs> yep. Yep. Some that's that's something exception. I'm I'm confused, but it's yeah, that's <laughs> it fits. I can tell it fits. <laughs> 100%. It fits. And plus it allowed me to, you know, listen because I've never listened entirely to the Quantum Break soundtrack. I've heard certain things from it, but I've never sat there and listened to it from start to finish. And I put it on one day while I was working and let it play. This is actually near the end of the soundtrack. No idea what's going on, um, but super cool sounding track that was my favorite one that I listened to from that entire listening session. Um, Stuck out to me the most. It also very unique. The rest of the soundtrack has kind of a atmospheric vibe that this track also has, especially in the beginning but more so ambient atmospheric than than this one was. Yeah, for sure. This was a cool track. Very cool track. And then we move into the last track of that block, which was Backside of the TV from Persona 4. Again, released December 9th, 2008, composed by Shoji Magaro. Nice little hip hop. Yeah, team I really enjoyed this. It's it's this is dank, man. <laughs> OK, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, that was that, that was word. the soundtrack. I, that was the name. That's, that was the word I was looking for. You don't for. sound cool saying that. <laughs> that was the word I was looking for earlier, and I mean, it just it fits. I mean, I, I don't know what else <laughs> I would say about this. Persona Four is the Persona game with my favorite soundtrack of the series. Really, really okay. like this. Soundtrack. It's a it's a common sentiment amongst a lot of fans. I think Persona Four is widely beloved. I mean, it's the one that introduced so many people to the IP. Um, it's the one that made me fall in love with Persona as a franchise or a spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei, but I was familiar and had played through the other ones as well, but this is the one that really changed the game for me. Even though Persona 3 started that formula switch of of the Persona series and turning it more into what it is now, Mm -hmm. uh, Persona 4 is the one that kind of revolutionized, I think, that um, idea 
that was followed up on, of course, with Perfection and Persona 5. Um, I'm a big fan of most of the Persona soundtracks. I don't know. It's hard for me to choose my favorite between Persona 4 and Persona 5 now. Um, I do like and adore both so much, but I think Persona 4 is still much more memorable for me as a game just because it's the one that only one I played through twice, first of all. Um, Persona 5, I will again once I finally sit down and play Royal, whenever that might be. But um, I, you know, this this is the one that is probably most memorable for me. Um, this particular track in the game itself, so Persona 4, right? The name of the track, Backside of the TV. So all of the dungeons in the game take place inside the TV world. And you get sucked into this TV, right? There's a plot point in Persona 4 called the Midnight Channel. And the characters that disappear and get taken that you have to go find get pulled into the backside of the TV at midnight when the Midnight Channel starts broadcasting. So your uh, cast of characters, right? The, I forget what they're actually referred to as. I Damn, it's slipping my mind for some reason. Because all that I can think of is the Phantom Thieves, right. which is Persona yeah. 5. <laughs> um, but your characters, they... Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find it really quick. Uh, well, I'm not going to spend that much time trying to find it. <laughs> but uh, your, like, investigation team or whatever, like, your, whatever you're on, um, they go into the TV world. Like, they figure out a way that they can go in there. And they go into the TV world to do the dungeons, save the characters, that kind of stuff. So, the Midnight Channel is a TV show in the game. This track plays when you get sucked into the TV. <laughs> okay. Fits. Yes, it definitely does fit. Uh, it's definitely got an air of of danger to it that I like I'm a lot. Exp I'm explaining how my tracks fit the theme like I usually do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it a lot. And, um, yeah, I don't have any experience with any Persona games. Never played any of them. Um, but uh, from what I've heard people say about 4, it sounds like one that I would probably get into more than, than 5, at least at first. Um, and again, the music is always great. Uh, Face Yourself is maybe my favorite Shoji Maguro track from uh, from Persona. Okay, so. and we'll, uh, we'll shout out the vocalist, Shihoko Hirata, dropping the sick beat. Nice flow. Very understandable. Cool lyrics. She's down. She's I got the 411. Okay. She dank. She dank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. My God. I think maybe before I embarrass myself anymore, we better uh, move on to, to my blog. Let's excited. Do I've got some cool stuff here. Uh, one from a game I, I have played, one from an app that I could not have downloaded, and one from a game from a system I never owned. Uh, but we will get there. One we don't feature yeah. a lot on the show. How about I that? I think you're really going to like that. Yeah. Track. One that we said maybe we do an episode on in the future. I think we said that recently. Sometime I think so. Year. I think the so. The episode's not this year, but uh, it is on the calendar. And that one, uh, my third one in this block is one of our longer tracks for the episode, but it's really, really good. We've got a nice. I think it's um, the longest, actually. Uh, got a nice uh, three very different sounding tracks. But first, we are going to start out with jaw-breaking news. Um, again, starting a block with news. <laughs> From Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, released June 16, 2022, and composed by T. Lopes.
Next up, we're listening to Television from Wii Room, released May 1st, 2009, composed by Kazumi Totaka. Closing out my first block, we are going to listen to Floating from Starfighter, released in 1995 and composed by John Avery.
All right, coming back in, we are first talking about jaw-breaking news from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Of course, composed by the phenomenal T-Lopes. Absolutely. And I was going to bring originally, so there's the opening cutscene for the story mode in this game shows the turtles uh, kind of around a TV and just like in Turtles in Time, which I guess I could have also pulled from, uh, they're, you know, um, shredders up to no good. And uh, you pointed out that, uh, you know, there's a better track that, that I could use. And this is actually the thing that kind of opened me up to like, okay, I can just kind of do TV adjacent stuff, which is, you know. Oh, okay, nice. There you well, go. Glad yeah. to help you out the there. First, the first stage of the game where you're going through Channel 6 and you got to take it back from Bebop, who has taken Vernon captive and is broadcasting <laughs> Bebop's beats on Channel 6 News. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it fits, right? It's something being broadcast. Yeah, you're on literally TV. in a news station uh, here the whole time. And at the end, you're, you know, you have to kick somebody yeah. off TV. So, <laughs> it's, yeah, it I mean, totally fits. I, I love it because it really shows you totally like what you're in for in the game. Visually, you know, it's, it's got that classic cartoon feel. Um, gameplay wise, it feels just like those old arcade games, but you know, with that new polish on it, uh, you can tell there's so much love for the original, like 1987, uh, show here with the characters and the way they're drawn and even getting the original voice actors back. And it, it, it's just so great. But then the music, the music just takes it up a notch and, um, it sounds like the the opening motif sounds like the Channel 6 theme from 1987 before getting into stuff that just sounds like classic uh, Turtles gaming. Just brilliant. Oh, yeah. Which the entire soundtrack is such a love letter to the way that, you know, we remember the Turtles Absolutely, sounding man. and the way Turtle it actually power. did sound. Um, Turtle <laughs> Power. Absolutely. Very cool game. Uh, loved it when it came out. Only played through it once, but I did really enjoy my time with it. And yeah, we've played quite a bit from the soundtrack on the show. Jeff has downloaded the uh, the DLC, so I think next time I go hang out with him, I'm gonna we're gonna play through it as Usagi and Karai. And uh, yeah, that's gonna be oh, nice. it's gonna be fun. And uh, there, there's some new modes too. I'm not sure what, and I don't know if they're gonna add uh, any anything else to to it because the game is a couple years old now. But well, I guess no, it's only a year old. Um, yeah, so, it's yeah, they still got still some possible. Yeah, well, but we'll see. I would be really happy to see it. I would also be really happy to see them make a second one. Um, uh, possibly even bringing in more uh, turtle IP into it, like let some crossover with some other turtles iterations but i don't know we'll have to see we will have to see either way though fantastic game and a a really great soundtrack you just can't it's 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 one of those that's great front to back um there's no duds in the whole soundtrack and it just makes me excited for anything that t-lips does in the future absolutely i'm right there with you and that brings us to um a couple of tracks that weren't as different from each other as i thought they would be uh first from um <laughs> from an app that was released only in Japan uh we are listening to television from the Wii Room app just like everything else composed on uh, for the Wii like interface this was composed by Kazumi Totaka uh composer of all the, the great yep. hits like the the Mii Creator theme and the Wii Shop theme and <laughs> the great, um, the great uh, hits. Dude, those were bangers man like the Wii the Wii Shop music yeah i'm just picturing <laughs> you know Kazumi uh 
Kazume Tataka's greatest hits album's coming out, and it's just the Wii I mean, music. It, he could do it. That's some easy listening stuff. Uh, like, if this plays in elevators in Japan, I'm going to be riding them a lot. But so, <laughs> so the Wii Room, um, originally called the Wii No Ma, uh, is a it's it's a video on demand service channel that Nintendo did for the Wii in Japan, uh, in cooperation with um, a broadcast company called Densetsu. And they produced programs and advertisements that were unique to the Wii channel um, that were viewable. Uh, it was all family-oriented content like cartoons, quizzes, um, cooking stuff, educational shows. So a lot of what kids watch on YouTube these days um, was on was on this channel. Um, and, and stuff that was produced for Nintendo exclusively. Uh, it ran from May 1st, 2009 to, um, it was shut down in a, like April of 2012. So almost three years. And, uh, there is an interface that you could like eight Wii's could be registered and interact with each other in the, my room app. I don't know how it worked. The information I'm looking at here doesn't really tell me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> occasionally, celebrity me's would show up on the channel to introduce special programming <laughs> huh. um yes and okay so, well that's a so, so, and this was the hub music so when you're just like in the room waiting for something to start this is what would play i love it man <laughs> it's super spacey a lot more very a lot spacey. more chill yeah i than, like it i'm digging like it the, you know the the we shop music i also I, I really um yeah you know i never mind these uh these breaks in the episodes where we get to to vibe out like this and just zone out I absolutely these breaks. these breaks when we need to warn people that uh if you're driving pull over um <laughs> but yeah it's this reminds me more of like the weather channel music and the news channel music which i, I remember how they made me okay feel weather on the kind of yeah yep that's right and the uh i remember how they made me feel and kind of how they sounded i don't they didn't really have melodies kind of like this they were more atmospheric but now i'm gonna have to look them up because those were some cool very groovy tracks i don't think those were done by totaka but i might be wrong i'll have to look it up sometime this apparently is being or has been i should say brought back if you have a home yeah Wii. there's a um a group called we we link 24 um that was brewed for the dolphin emulator later um and so yeah apparently if you have a humber Wii, you can you can utilize the Wii room to uh to play certain things yeah they're add they add shit to it it looks like like content which is kind of cool within the homebrew community um yeah that's neat. yeah it really is sorry when you said the weather channel i thought you meant the <laughs> I, weather I channel did. which is why i said weather on the eights because this does sound like weather on the eights music yeah yeah i knew what you meant but yeah that's gonna bring us to our third track which uh you really dug this one and um yeah very similar in this sound is a lot as well. more atmospheric than a lot of the tracks i bring but and th this whole uh game it has some really it's not uh, the soundtrack's not very long it's got some really cool sound to it. Um, coming from the 3DO version of Starfighter, uh, this is the floating music, and it was composed by John Avery, who I'm not familiar with. But uh, me neither. Yeah, th this is one where you actually sent me a list uh, from a website that you use that sort of collates games that fit with certain ideas, and um, I really mm -hmm. needed it for this one. And this is one of the games I, I pulled from. Uh, Starfighter 3000 is the full name of the game. Um, it was released just as Starfighter on the 3DO. It is a 3D shoot 'em up, um, so kind of like something like Star Fox, but I don't think it's on rails. 
Um, it was originally released for um, Acorn Computers. I believe that it was also ported to PlayStation and Saturn. Um, but the game is set in 3037. And according to the wiki, you take on the role of a newly recruited pilot in a televised reality show set in a very real intergalactic war. <laughs> um, so okay. America apparently okay. still exists because that, that's the most American thing I ever heard. Um, <laughs> as you impress the billions of viewers, you'll get prizes you can spend on upgrading your ship, extra lives and gambling. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, very futuristic reality show like intergalactic reality show <laughs> yeah that's interesting it's like uh the episode of south park right where they find out that earth is just a tv show for aliens <laughs> which you know i could also buy that if i if i give in to the to the simulation m mindset I, I could definitely see us just being made for well, you gotta give in to aliens too dude mexico today <laughs> in front of their congressional showed two bodies it's getting it's getting insane out there yeah yeah i mean and like i like we i said last time we talked about this it's if it's as widespread as as it seems to evidence. be things are going to start coming up like cause something seems to be coming to a head so yeah yeah all the shit they've been hiding for <laughs> decades yeah who knows we might uh we might have a starfighter situation on our hands sometime soon um because, I mean, we've been Absolutely. to the moon. We've been to the moon 60 years ago. So it's just the fact that we've been focusing yeah, on... Yeah, we talked about that. See us Just the fact that we've been focusing on other stuff. If we wanted to, we could develop, you know, intergalactic vehicles within, you know, a couple of years. We can have things ready if we really wanted to. So we'll have to see. We'll see what happens. But... This music, though, this does not sound like intergalactic warfare music. This must be like when, you know, you're taking not a commercial break and you just kind of go out and float and uh, just try to relax a little bit. <laughs> loading <laughs> maybe, music, maybe. Yeah, it does sound like it could be load music. but um, It's a 3DO. I'm assuming those early base CD games had some yeah. load times. Significant load The track here, CD. I can't tell if it's uh, if it loops. This is not Dean Evans level, um, but it is that same sort of vibe. And it's, uh, it's over five minutes and it just kind of goes, you know? Yeah, goes places. I don't know if I'd say that. I feel like you're you're tethered, you know, like you're floating just kind of around your ship. You don't really go any places, but. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. like, I mean, like going places in the not, I mean, in the oh yeah. I mean, uh, I well, know. I mean, I assume if you're floating that your ship is probably docked somewhere or at least paused in space. Otherwise, it feels like Maybe. it would be. Could just be floating through space. You could be. And, and you just kind of kind of given in to the fact that eventually you're going to starve or just like freeze and die. And so this is that zen yeah. that you feel yeah. when you literally don't have any other cares because you don't have anything to care about. <laughs> you're dead. Yeah. What do you care? Yeah. You're fucking dead. It don't matter. You're just floating till you die. So you're just going to enjoy breathing and being able to, you know, exist until you don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, that's right. floating. That is, that is floating, apparently. All right. Well, you know what? That's uh, that's got me kind of dealing with some existential angst. What do you say we, we talk about a demon killer bear for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I hope you know how this one fits. <laughs> I actually, I, I I know of Danganronpa, but I don't know it as well. I mean, I, I, there's, I know there's a, like a whole series uh, based on this. So, yeah. but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> good. Well, we'll, good, we'll good. get into it. Uh, so yeah, we have a track from a, a series that I adore, a game that I have no clue what it's about, and then another game that is just excellent, featuring someone we've already heard today, which is really cool. 
So let's kick things off by taking a listen. And it was crazy to me. Um, You know, I knew that I had only played a few tracks from this franchise before on the show. I haven't brought too much from the series, but never brought like the main theme. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Danganronpa from Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, released February 11th, 2014, composed by Masafumi Takada. Danganronpa. Next, we're going to take a listen to Space from Dream TV, released in April 1994, composed by David Whitaker. Thank you. 
closing out this block, we're going to take a listen to Studiopolis Act 2 from Sonic Mania, released August 15th, 2017, composed by T. Lopes. Coming back in, we are first talking about Danganronpa from Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, again released February 11th, 2014, composed by Masafumi Takada. Uh, this is such an awesome <laughs> freaking main theme. Dude. It really is. I love it so much. I love Takada. Uh, I love his work, Takada's work. Yeah, man. Um, I I know some of this game um, or some of the series. Uh, Purnell is actually a pretty big fan of this from Rhythm and Pixels, um, and that's probably where I've heard the most talk about it. But uh, um, I like this. It sounds oddly Western. Like, I could have heard this on, like, an 80s cartoon, like Inspector Gadget or something like that. Um, okay, yeah. I don't, uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's got kind of a hard-boiled sound to it, and, and I like it. I like it. I love the percussion. It doesn't do too much, but what it does, it does super well, and it's a uh, kind of sucks you in. So yeah, what is absolutely. your uh, what is your history with this um, series? So I've played all three of the mainline games and the spinoff game that actually released as well, Ultra Despair Girls, um, that came out originally on the Vita 
and then was ported to, I think, the PS4. Um, there's been animes on the series as well. I have not seen all of them, but I have seen several episodes of both series. Uh, but most of my experience does come from the three games. I freaking love this franchise, dude. I love the setting. I love the idea of the gameplay, right? This murder mystery style game that borrows a lot of elements from Ace Attorney, the um, like the courtroom elements and gathering evidence, putting people on trial, uh, doing battles, quote unquote, during the trials. Mm-hmm. But at some point amongst the series, and I'm trying to remember if it was Danganronpa 3 that you actually find this out. Um, so you may not have known this at the time that this first game concluded. I, I don't remember when this was revealed. I don't remember what game it was part of, I should say. But you find out that everything happening at Hope's Peak Academy or... Um, the setting of the second game, which was a like a desert island, deserted island, um, you find out it's all been just a broadcast on TV for people's entertainment to see people kill each other and to escape. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so everything is one big show. It's a reality TV show where you have to kill people to be the only one left standing. We've basically. got quite a bit of that going on tonight, actually. <laughs> That's kind of like a Hunger Games thing. (laughs) Very similar. Yes, very similar. Yeah, but this is the main theme that most people think of when when they think soundtracks and music from Danganronpa. They I mean, this is one that always comes to the tip of the tongue, right? Because it's Danganronpa. Very, very memorable. And obviously right at the start of the game. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I like this. This was cool. This was cool. And the uh, next soundtrack, I, I did listen to a little bit. It's a, it's a really interesting premise. Uh, I had already kind of already uh, I picked mine. And so I didn't listen too carefully to everything. But uh, but I like this. OK. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I think I picked my favorite thing on mm-hmm. this soundtrack. This is one that I know nothing about. Uh, We listened to Space from Dream TV, again released in April 1994, composed by David Whitaker. Uh, Dream TV, according to Wikipedia, uh, it says players guide two youngsters through a nightmarish land of evil television shows using a similar plot to the campy movie Stay Tuned and Crystal Dynamics video game Gex. Oh, I could have pulled from Gex. I didn't think <laughs> about Gex. Man, Sandy, I don't even know enough about Gex to be able to uh, to tell you that it, it was TV-based. Oh, Frank would be disappointed. <laughs> it's 100% TV-based. I am I apologize. I should have brought Gex instead of this. Oh, well. <laughs> um, but it says you have to escape by defeating stereotypical TV villains and finding pieces of a puzzle. And the game does a apparently feature complex labyrinths so mazes is it like a maze game maybe maybe it's like a puzzle game yeah so maybe i don't know yeah i don't know can't tell you (laughs) but me neither but i like this track uh very spacey i mean definitely kind of like your starfighter track to an extent both of these hearkening back to across the universe a few months ago Yep, yeah, it does. Definitely would have fit. There was another track uh, on the soundtrack that would have fit our, our prehistoric planet episode. <laughs> the one right before this, prehistoric forest. I don't 
Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I thought you meant like that we played today. I, I, I like, don't remember. Uh, I don't remember being that? blown away by that one, but it did make me think of that track. So, <laughs> or that that episode okay, rather. Nice. <laughs> yeah. um, the composer though, David Whitaker, is one of the uh, um, one of the old guard. He his first game was in 1983, uh, and in '83 it looks like he did three, four, five games for the C64. Um, Humphrey, A Little Icarus, Mayhem, Pandora's Box, and Punchy. And then he continued to work on the Commodore 64, the Atari, um, the Amstrad, CBC. It looks like he did a little work for the ZX Spectrum, um, the the Amiga. And I wonder I wonder if Barry ever crossed his path. We um, He didn't come up when we talked, so maybe he was with... Uh, other companies I, I don't i don't see i don't really see him associated with anything he uh, is definitely british but that's about all so he released five games yes. in 1983 he composed man i wonder if there were nine additionals to do a very early video game spotlight on music released in 1983 <laughs> i mean i'm sure we could probably find that um <laughs> but that would be that would be about the earliest uh, the earliest video game track that i have ever played from anything was from a game called super locomotive and they um they basically just used a um a song can't remember the name of it but a really popular song from yellow magic orchestra as the in-game music and okay. i played that on my my trains episode that i did on on very good music that's the it can't, i think it was 1982 because i think i remember it coming out the year i was born so yeah oh wow okay cool but, but yeah so whitaker is one that might be worth looking into um he's done quite a few things and i know we like the amiga sound so i'm sure when we come back to the amiga at some point we'll uh yeah. you know we'll listen to something like that i know we've talked about him before on the show it's not the yeah. first time we've yeah, mentioned for him. sure for sure for sure indeed and that yeah. And then we move to another T-Lopes track on the episode today. We listen to Studiopolis Act 2. We have played Act 1 before on the show. Uh, from Sonic Mania, again released on August 15th, 2017. Um, this entire stage is set up like much like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles track we played earlier that T-Lopes also composed. Set up like kind of like a studio. Yes. I mean, it's the name of the entire area, Studiopolis, right? Everything is like spotlights and cameras. I mean, the name of the, the spotlight of Act One. Did I say that already? Um, the name of the Act <laughs> One track uh, of the For This Zone is Lights, Camera, Action. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And this one is something else. Um, I don't know. It's in the video we watched. It's just at the point that I'm listening to. It's right. not currently yeah, not showing up. Uh, so showing the name of it. So we'll, uh, prime there time. There we go. There we prime go. Time. But but yeah, this uh, man, I love this so much. It, and it has kind of a kind of a newscast sound to it or a prime time sound to it. But mostly, I mean, just that it does that that upbeat, more electronic version of the lights, camera, action theme is really cool. It it fits, you know, the speed of a Sonic game. And this is another one of those uh, games that just has a, a front to back. The soundtrack is stellar. And some of my favorite tracks in the game are the originals by T-Lopes for the New Zones. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I hope he's got a hand in Sonic Superstars. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he does. I really I hope, hope he does. so. I'd love to see him attached to that property just so it gets some, get some, some more fantastic music. And... Um, I really, I feel like T-Lopes, and this game, this track is a really good example of it. He does a good job of marrying the classic Sonic sound with stuff that is from more like the post-2000 Sonic games. Because I could hear this fitting in to either a retro Genesis Sonic or 
like a GameCube PS2 era Sonic Adventure game, you know? Um, it's, oh, absolutely. It's really good. Yeah. Visually, I think my favorite zone from this game is the, I uh, can't remember what it's called, but the one that's basically, um, it looks like snow, but it's all paper, like the, the, the paper, the press zone. Oh, um, really, really love okay, the way that yeah. zone looks. Um, I don't remember the music very well. Like, I can just hear lights, camera, action. I can call it to mind. I can't remember the music from, from the other zone, but I can definitely picture it. So, Absolutely. Yep. Uh, but we already talked about TV. We did. Earlier. And I mean, there's not a whole lot more I can think to say about just the Sonic Mania music in general. It's it's just good. But Yeah. Can't really think of anything else to say either. Um, I feel like it deserves more, though, you know? Lingua, you still there? Yes. I've never left. Oh, man. The robot's back. <laughs> can you... Uh... <laughs> Can you can you just say something for us about this track since we've run out of words? <laughs> Certainly. Studiopolis Act 2 from Sonic Mania is a shining example of how modern game music can play homage to the past while adding a fresh and vibrant twist. The entire Sonic Mania soundtrack is a love letter to the classic Sega Genesis Sonic games, and this track is no exception. From the moment you start listening, you are transported to a neon-lit cityscape filled with retro-futuristic vibes. The music is an upbeat, jazzy, and downright infectious tune that perfectly complements Sonic's high-speed platforming action. T. Lopez masterfully blends elements of jazz, funk, and electronic music to create a sonic experience that keeps you grooving along with Sonic as he speeds through loops and springs. What sets Studiopolis Act 2 apart is its ability to capture the essence of Sonic's world. It's not just a catchy tune. It's a musical representation of the thrill and excitement that comes from every Sonic game. The melodies are memorable, and the instrumentation is top-notch, making it a standout track not only in Sonic Mania, but in the entire Sonic franchise. T. Lopez's work on Sonic Mania's soundtrack revitalized the classic Sonic sound while introducing it to a new generation of players. Studiopolis Act 2 is a shining example of this achievement, and it's a track that can put a smile on the face of both long-time Sonic fans and newcomers alike. It's a Sonic adventure you won't want to miss. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate uh, it. Lingua, thank you very much, as always, for your, your contribution. Um, yes, appreciate it. Feel free to stick around. You, you can hang out. Feel free to stick around. I'll be here whenever you need me. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would say that every Sonic game comes with thrill and excitement, but uh, maybe da- dashed well, hopes and broken yeah. dreams. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's... What you uh, what do you consider thrilling and exciting? Seeing a game be terrible could be exciting. I suppose to some. that's true. I don't know that there's anything thrilling and exciting about Sonic 06, except except for a very very specific niche of the <laughs> internet that just really really enjoys that kind of thing. But um, but yeah, uh, well said, very well said. Um, I will say a Sonic Absolutely, adventure, yeah. a Sonic like soundscape, whatever you said. That's yeah, that was good. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, ready to move on. You know on. what? I am. Uh, we're already at the final block. This, uh, man, after all these really long episodes we've been doing, this is 
<laughs> Feels like it's kind of flown by. Mm. Uh, but all right. Yeah, let's get into my um, second block or fourth block and final block of the episode. And these are all um, very different. So these are more kind of, I think, mostly upbeat. I can't quite remember what the first one is uh, because... Uh, I this game's music all kind of runs together in my head and I just know I like it and this game is kind of nostalgic for me the other two though are um, okay. very similar to each other not necessarily the sound because those are pretty different but the premise of the games is very similar very Danganronpa-esque um, but I'm excited to get to those because they're fun I really think Jeff in particular is going to like my, my final song before we get to the closeout so but let us start out this block by listening to Subway Skateboard and Minecart from Rockin' Cats, released September of 1991 and composed by Tsukasa Masako.
Coming up next, we're listening to Circuit 3 from Super Smash TV, released February 1992, composed by Marshall Parker. Closing out my final block, we're listening to Ain't That Funny from Mad World, released March 10th, 2009, composed by Naoto Tanaka, featuring Sick YG. Look 
watch your respect. I just smaller, don't be bothered. Watch where you step, it might be hot water. You wanna pay me now, cause right now it's about to go down. in chaos. Respect, I just slaughter, don't be bothered. Watch where you step, it might be hot water. You wanna pay me now, cause right now it's about to go down. Coming back in, we are first talking about Subway Skateboard and Minecart from Rockin' Cats on the NES. And uh, <laughs> as you pointed out, sick baseline. This sounds like classic rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Very uh, early, that rockabilly style. Love it. We just talked about that. Yeah, and I mean, maybe too. that's why I um, I gravitated toward it. This soundtrack is short and sweet. It's, it's really fun. Um, I'm going to talk about the game, but first I want to talk a little bit about the composer because he's kind of one of those people who's kind of a big deal but that you never really hear about too much um one of the things that he is credited for talking about Tsukasa um Masuko and he uh he was the composer on Digital Devil Story uh the Megami the first Megami Tensei game on the Famicom yeah the first um, Megami game yep. he yeah this yeah, is an Atlas he, game he started out actually for Tecmo and did several of their like arcade and NES games and then he moved to Atlas in, I want to say, 1980, 1992, somewhere in there, somewhere around there. Um, and he, uh, while he worked on the NES, he developed... Well, this came out in 91 in Japan, so he had to okay, be there so, before uh, yeah, that. Okay, so, yeah, okay, 1988, 89, somewhere there. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but... I know that when he worked on the NES, he was one of those who developed his own sound, sound driver. Um, and he also, kind of similar to the Fallen Brothers, uh, modified his sound driver assembly to use... We've talked about how the NES has two square waves, a triangle wave, and then a noise channel. Well, he modified his kit to use the triangle and noise channel together to make better drum sounds. And so, Which is really cool. Yeah, and so his NES drums uh, in the later games actually sounded kind of similar to the Fallen's uh, drums. Um, his driver was used in a lot of games for for uh, Atlas specifically by other composers like Hirohiko Takayama and um, Hidehito Aoki. And um, he also, uh, there was a later ship, and some of my other podcasting brethren could talk more about this, but it was called the Namco 163, um, and it was able to create eight sound channels on the NES, which was very rare. Not a lot of people mess with it, but he actually said it wasn't that hard to implement into his, his sound chip. So he was much more, I think, of a sound designer than a composer. 
but he does have quite a few composing credits to his name. Uh, he was mostly busy in the 90s, but he did compose all the way up through, uh, he worked on Monarch for Windows last year, 2022. Don't know anything about that, but... Uh, yeah, still yeah, going. He is How about that? Definitely still involved in the industry. And I mean, he graduated high school the year I was born. So that's, you know, he's getting up there, but he's still still going, man. Um, still rocking yeah, cats. Yeah, he's still rocking cats. Uh, and man, it looks like he, he worked on a lot of the, the Shin Megami Tensei games from 1987 to 1997. So, um, but yeah, rocking cats. So you said you're a little familiar with this game. Um, v- vaguely. Never played I it. I don't vaguely. think I ever owned this game, but I rented it countless times. Uh, it was maybe my favorite rental. Um, it's a cute little platformer where you star as this cat named Willie. And um, you're just a little blue cat who's called the Rockin' Cat. And you have to rescue your girlfriend, Jill, who was kidnapped by the local crime boss, a big bulldog named Muggsy. (laughs) And um, it's a side-scroller. You actually have this, like, uh, this extendable, like, fist gun that you can use. Sometimes it's a fist, sometimes it's a bomb, sometimes it's other things. But when you have it as just the grabber, like the fist, you can use it to, kind of like Bionic Commando, grapple on things. Um, And and so it's a... Yeah, it's, go, it's go a gadget arm. You mentioned Inspector um, Gadget. It's a earlier. fairly, um, fairly in-depth system because you can use that to do things like a, a high jump, a spin attack, a spin jump. You can catch and throw enemies and objects. So, uh, pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool little little mechanics there. And uh, all of the stages are. This is never explained in game, but the menu where you choose what stage you want to go to is a TV. And so each stage is like a TV show broadcast across a channel. Yeah, so I don't think it it ever explains why that happens, but some of them have different themes. Um, Some of them have uh, like a gangster movie vibe or a Western vibe. Um, And this one is like a, you know, just generic skateboarder going down the street, but it also plays on the minecart stage. So... (laughs) Hence the name. Gotta have a minecart uh, This was apparently based on an arcade game. I have never seen any footage or heard the soundtrack from that, but uh, came out the same year as the NES track. So, um, um, okay. this uh, composer was one of those rare ones who um, did both, you know, both versions uh, instead of just doing one or the other, so... But yeah, that's Rockin' Cats. Very cool. I like that this. I like I like the vibe of this one, dude. Like I said, it, it's very similar to I feel like to something we've played somewhat recently uh, because I remember us having the conversation about Rockabilly within yeah, like the last. I don't month remember or so. what it was that we talked about. It might have been one of the Turtles tracks. But yeah, me yeah. either. I never remember. Um, Maybe. But then we move into some stuff that's a little darker, uh, sort of the Western answer to Danganronpa. And, well, the um, original. This came out well before <laughs> Danganronpa. Yeah, uh, I guess not in the really answer, but the Western version of that that idea. Uh, Super Smash TV. Uh, we're playing Circuit 3. This is a fairly short soundtrack, but this is the Super NES version of an arcade game by Acclaim. And uh, since you usually do the research for this, did Marshall Parker, do you know if he composed the Smash TV soundtrack and then 
that he adapted for the Super NES or? Uh, no. So Smash TV was um, mm-hmm. the original. So the arcade version okay. was John okay. Hay. And then he did Smash TV and Super Smash TV, Marshall Parker for NES and okay. SNES. Game Gear and Genesis versions were by Matt Furness, actually. Um, the Amiga and Amiga ST versions were Tony Williams. And the Commodore 64 version huh. was Urantel. Okay. I had no idea this was ported to so many places, and that is a who's who of composers. That honestly might be, I mean, <laughs> if it weren't so old, that might be worth a bonus episode just so we could listen to music by all those guys. But um, <laughs> was it a huge fan of the original arcade soundtrack when I listened to it? Um, if I had known about all this other stuff, I might have dug deeper, but I do like this SNES soundtrack. It's... Uh, it has kind of an American Gladiators feel. Again, shout out to Barry. <laughs> um, a little bit. Yep, Barry little is not bit. super proud of how that track turned out because there was a weird sound issue. Um, basically, he could, I think that's one of the games he could only sound test it by listening through a little tinny speaker on a 13-inch TV. And so he couldn't tell that the bass line was <laughs> all jacked up. <laughs> so, But we didn't notice it when we listened. We really liked it. But uh, this is Super Smash TV. Um, yeah. And yeah, basically you, it's a twin stick shooter. Um, one, like one of the first, if not the first twin stick shooters. And you are on TV. Don't know how you got there. I don't know if you were kidnapped or conscripted or if you volunteered for this, but you're basically trying to be the last man standing so that you can win a bunch of money and also not die. <laughs> Set in a dystopian universe in the then year, uh, the future year of 1999. <laughs> Oh, man, that shows you how old this game is. Um, I mean, you know, we had some crazy stuff going on, but nothing quite like this. Uh, but um, this probably would have, uh, you know, turned some heads, not been allowed to be broadcast. This is the, except on this the, dark and the next one. These are like the third and fourth. Like this is based on a TV show where, you know, people are killing each other. We got Starfighter, Danganronpa, <laughs> Super Smash TV, um, and then my next one. But before we move on to that next one, do you have anything else to say about about this track? Um, reminds me of something, but I don't quite know what it is. I mean, it does have a very similar uh, setup, maybe, is the word I'm thinking of, that a lot of those early Acclaim games on the Super Nintendo did. Um, so it might be another Acclaim game that I'm trying to think of that this reminds me of. I think they published some other... TV show based games um, not just unique ones like this obviously but uh, it does remind me of something else and I do obviously love the Super Nintendo sound uh, this does have a lot of elements of that classic SNES Nintendo sound in there I think it's a cool track it's not one that I'm familiar with I don't know anything uh, I like that it, it has it's using kind of an Orchid sound of uh, kind of sample to simulate a little bit like a bunch of trumpets in unison um, which I really like. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, and it could get grading very easily, but uh, Marshall Parker seems to know what he's doing here. So um, so it, it doesn't ever get really annoying. Yeah. Uh, loop is not incredibly long, but, um, you know, it, it gets it done. Uh, I also thought about bringing Circuit 1. I was even like down the wire when we were about to start the episode. I still hadn't, like, picked it. But then when I listen to Circuit 1 and Circuit 3 back-to-back, I'm like, man, there's no contest. I have to play Circuit 3. This is just cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to give a listen to Circuit 1 to see what that sounds like. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. So Marshall Parker, you already mentioned he did the uh, Smash TV on the NES. Also did Bojax and Baseball on the NES, apparently. 
arranged John Will- Williams' that. music for Star Wars from Lucasfilm Games on the NES. And kind of looking at some of the other stuff he's done that I might be familiar with. Uh, <laughs> Power Punch 2 on the NES. Um, several Game Boy games. Okay. Circuit 1's not terrible, by the way, listening to it Okay, now. cool. Very cool. I'm just looking for... This also reminds me of something... Something oh, different. Oh, Marshall Parker did Mech Warrior on the SNES. Um, okay, nice. Very nice. He did quite a few things. He also worked on the Genesis. Um, he was pretty busy. Uh, Hunt for Red October on the SNES. Um, Shadow Run on the SNES. So, <laughs> Last Action Hero, a late NES game from 1993, based on a movie, of course. Super International Cricket on the SNES. The the Stone Cold classic here in the States. Oh, the Smash. Yes. The Smash hit. Yeah, the Super Smash WCW, hit. the main event on the Game Boy. Never heard of it. <laughs> That's Probably. Probably awful. Uh, WCW Super Brawl Wrestling on the SNES. Which isn't terrible, but is also not great. I do. Uh, Radical Rex, True Lies, again, all SNES. Um, W16. What is the W16? Couldn't tell you. Oh, Windows maybe? 16. maybe? I don't know. That's weird. No, there, there's no such thing. <sighs> right. <laughs> Unless there is. I don't know. I don't think there is. Huh. Apparently he was the audio director on Immortals Phoenix Rising. Okay. Yeah. So also Assassin's there, Creed Valhalla. Things. He was sound designer on Assassin's Creed Black Flag. So yeah, he is still out there doing things. Sounds like he's with Ubisoft now. He has worked with a lot of folks. Known for his work at Beam Software, but yeah, now he's with uh, Ubisoft. Um, and he's uh, Gavin Parker is his son for Assassin's Creed. Oh. Yeah, so I think that's enough about uh, Marshall Parker. What do you say we get into some... Uh, let me see. Who is this again? Na- Naoto Tanaka. And sick YG, <laughs> sick YG, sick young gun. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm, I'm gonna look while we're listening again. But this is uh, ain't that funny from Mad World, the strangest Wii release that I think there ever was. <laughs> Did you ever play this game? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, just familiar it's with crazy, it. dude. I just remember, I remember the controversy when this game came out because so this was a cartoonishly violent game. Uh, where you play as, uh, you know, the protagonist is on this broadcast show where he has to, like, survive this hellscape, and he ends up, uh, you know, trying to just escape, um, and it's uh, it's black and white, very stylized, and early Platinum Games joint, right? Yes, 100%. And yep, um, it's, but it's, it's super bloody, super, like, over-the-top violent. There's a mini-game in the game called Man Darts, which is what it sounds like. You, like, fling people at a giant target <laughs> and try to get them to stick <laughs> as close to the bullseye as you can. But it's described, uh, one reviewer described it as like Tom and Jerry violence. Like it's not, he he wondered why so many people were up in arms about it, but, uh, but yeah. Okay. It's got a really interesting soundtrack and an art style that, you know, always stuck out to me, but it's very platinum as well. It's very different. Yeah, Naoto Tanaka was, um, so he was Platinum Games in-house composer, at least at the time, and he um, said that he, in an interview, that he wanted to write an American-style music and tried to avoid a true Japanese style. You can tell that there is, um, you know, a Japanese influence on this track, of course, uh, just with, with some of the... Yeah, yeah some of the instrumentation when it starts out. Yeah. But he, he chose to go 
with um, a stereotypical Japanese image with some of his some of his composition that matches how he thought people in the West thought of Japan rather than something more authentic. And he actually reached out a lot to the American staff at Platinum Games to uh, like help him out. And he used them as kind of a sounding board for some of his ideas. Um, he also then invited rappers to come in and lay down vocals on top yeah. of his compositions. So it was really kind of a collaborative effort. And it's really cool. Um, uh, so half the tracks are by a, a rapper named Ox. Um, <laughs> and... So basically, he created what, you know, in, in mainstream rap, you would call like the backing music uh, um, Tanaka did. And then Ox came in and laid down the lyrics. Um, and then the other half of the tracks have lyrics by uh, Doja Ray's Bandy Legs and, of course, Sick YG. And um, I don't know if this is the final uh, boss. I don't think it is. But apparently, one of his directives to Sick YG for the final boss theme is that he wanted him to write pimp-themed rhymes for the final battle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is a really fun soundtrack, though. How much experience do you have with the soundtrack? Uh, I've listened to quite a few of the songs. We've played one other one from this soundtrack on the episodes in the past. I think Frank brought something way back in the day from this. Um, But I'm familiar enough with several of the tracks. Um... But I've never listened to the full thing, and like I said, it's pretty fun, especially if you like this kind of thing. If Jeff ever does uh, get around to doing that rap episode of EGM, that this he'll definitely want to pull something from this game. And uh, you can find the lyrics uh, on Lyrics Genius. Uh, just type in Mad World Game Soundtrack Lyrics or whatever, and you'll find all of it. And uh, of course, with rap, that helps sometimes. So. <laughs> Yeah, that was a lot of rambling on that block. I had more to say about the composers and such than I thought I would, but um, yeah, that was this was a fun episode, dude. I, I backloaded this one. <laughs> yeah, turned out good. It turned did. out fun. Uh, you know, this one it, it was like you said, it was nice getting back to the way we used to do the research on the episodes. Uh, since it's been over a month or so since we've done a traditional style episode like yep. this, so. But we got plenty coming up. Like I said, two weeks from now, once the time this posts, uh, yeah, man. in October. And you know, October is always filled with some spooky themes. It's also just the best month of the year in general. Uh, the weather gets nice. Uh, the trees change color. You got different smells going on, like fireplace and pumpkin spice and stuff like that. There's all just it's. I love October so much. Also happens to be my birth month, but uh, I think I would still love it the most, even if it weren't. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of the best times of the year. I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it, and I know we have some yes, fun episodes planned. For I this wish we Halloween could do a whole season. year of October themed episodes. Should be great. <laughs> There's so many. I know, I know, I know. There's so many. Though we would eventually run out. Uh, I suppose that's true. And like, what would we do for October? October hits. <laughs> October 2028. Uh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> oh, man. But we got one track left before we close things out. Our closeout track. And um, uh, Shukapal could probably talk more about this than I could. But um, I know that the Pokemon series has... Uh, yeah, same. I don't have anything really to say Frank. here on this yeah, either. Maybe Frank could talk outside about Outside of... <laughs> yeah, yeah, or even Kyle. I mean, Kyle's played all these games. Um, but we listened to, or we will be listening to, to close the show out, TV Station from Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. These were the remakes of Diamond and Pearl that originally released on the DS back in 2006. 
Uh, obviously, the original was composed by Goichi Nose, and this was arranged by Shota Kagiyama. I do like this arrangement. I will, I think I somewhat recently, at least within the past year, brought another track from the Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl soundtracks. I do like these two soundtracks. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah, uh, what Shoot has played for me sounds really cool. Um, I'm not as big of a Pokemon fan as uh, she is, but I do enjoy the music. And I know the TV station goes back quite a ways in this series. So Yeah, there's a TV you can interact with, right? Much like a lot of these styles of games. And I just assume that this music is playing in one of those sequences. Yeah. I don't know for sure, <laughs> but I think... Probably if anybody out sense. there knows for sure, let us know. Also, if anybody out there has, uh, you know, any other ideas for like tracks or games or something that we missed, like uh, Brian mentioned Gex earlier, um, let us know. And you yeah, never know, totally could end up in Gex. a future radio hour. Yeah, always a possibility. Um, good closeout track as well, right? Not too long, very similar uh, to your opening pick TV ad. Yeah, nice and high energy, energy, not too long. Leave you with a nice, uh, you know, nice uplifting feel since we got a little bit moody and we got a little bit dark in some of these tracks but hey man that's tv sometimes you got yeah. breaking bad sometimes you got cartoons show business baby sometimes the cartoons are darker than breaking bad you never know <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah this was a lot of fun dude oh man okay well I think we're about to wrap it up. Anything to mention before we get out of here or plug? Uh, I don't this time, except for, you know, the usual. Go check out Shukapow's work on YouTube. Uh, she now has a Patreon and a Ko-Fi if you would like to donate any money to a uh, starving artist of a freshman college student who's going to have a lot of loan debt. <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, <laughs> nothing else to plug right now. All right. Well, that being said, I think that'll unfortunately bring us to the close of the show for this week, then. We do want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of BG Mania, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. If you like video game music, more importantly, you like us and you want to help us grow the show, check the description box for ways you can do just that including a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking us out of the episode, we're going to be taking a listen to TV Station from Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. This released on November 19th, 2021. And again, it was composed by Goichi Nose and arranged by Shota Kageyama. Keep the music playing and keep it loud.